We want to welcome everybody to Sunday School at Victory Baptist Church, and we're glad to see you here, and uh, I'm glad to report that uh, um, my wife, probably some of y'all wonder where she's been at, where her sentence is just about up. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> it might be true. <laughs> I don't know. It's not. She, she had a knee replacement, and uh, you know she's about to be able to get back on her feet. She's gimping around the house and everything right now, but uh, not really able to get out at all. And uh, I tell you what, I, it's given me a whole new respect for my single friends that do double duty, because now I'm the chief dishwasher, you know, clothes washer and all those other things. And all those jokes I used to make about the wash machine doing all the work, all the women are smiling now. They know what's coming. <laughs> well, it does a good deal of it, but it don't do it all. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I found out that uh, she does a lot of things that enable me to do a lot of other things. And uh, I'll, I'll be grateful when she's able to be back to her position. And You know, I was thinking about that, about having the right position in our lives. And, and uh, if you will, take your Bibles and, and come with me to Psalms chapter 119 chapter 119, and we're looking at verse 30 here, but, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, walking in truth and the way of truth. In Psalms chapter 119, the Bible tells us in verse 30, the psalmist says, I have chosen the way of truth, and thy judgments have I laid before me. And, you know, in, in looking at this section, if you know anything about the 119th Psalm, you know that... Uh, it's sectionalized, and each section is made up so that the, the line, the first line of each verse starts with uh, the Hebrew letter, a Hebrew letter in the alphabet. And this is the section that starts with the Hebrew letter Dalit, really. And uh, I thought, well, it says Dale up there, and that's my name, so that's not too bad. But, uh, you know, in looking at this, looking at this whole section, I want to just kind of uh, give an overview of this and and how God's Word plays such an important part in our life that you may not have thought about. You know, and, and, I, and I want to say this too. Don't wait for an emergency to give God's Word the preeminence and the, the um, prudence that it should have in your life. Be a, a man and woman of God's Word all along. Don't, don't, don't wait and then you're crying out to somebody that you're not familiar with. And you're trying to lean on promises that you really don't know that much about. Be a student of God's Word. Not just to know about it, but to know it and make it known unto you. In verse 25, the Bible says, My soul cleaveth unto the, unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. You know, when, when we read that, uh, I, I was looking at that, that, that terminology, cleaveth unto the dust. You know, here, here's somebody that, that is low. There's, there's been something that's going on in their life that's, that's brought them low. And as we go over this and the help that comes from God's Word, I don't want to discount the, uh, and put aside the things that professional mental health people deal with and do for us. There are, there are chemical things that happen in our bodies, too, that uh, medicine is a great help with. But, you know, I, I, w I was wondering, where, where do we generally turn for help? 
Where's our dependency? Here the psalmist says, he says, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. I mean, he, th- this is something that's down. He, he's he's been, been laid low by something. And, uh, um, you know, Spurgeon, I, I, I remember hearing Spurgeon had bouts of depression in his life. So when this comes upon you, don't look at yourself as, well, I'm saved. This shouldn't be happening to me. I'm God's child. I should have joy all the time. You know, we want to have joy all the time, but sometimes troubles come and they affect us. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said this one time when he was in one of those bouts. He said, my soul chooseth strangling rather than life. But about this passage in his, uh, his commentary on the Psalms, Charles Spurgeon said, whatever was the cause of his complaint, it was no surface evil, but an affair of his innermost spirit. His soul cleaved to the dust. It was not a casual and accidental falling into the dust, but a continuous and powerful tendency or cleaving to the earth. You know, he said... He, he felt a depth of depression when he said, my soul cleaveth to the dust. It, when you think about that of the dust, it's a place of lowliness, isn't it? A place of humiliation. And here the psalmist has, has reached a, point, a, a low point in his life. And what's his prayer? He says, quicken thou me according to thy word. You know what it is? It's a prayer for revival. It's a prayer for an uplifting of spirit, a, a prayer for newness of life. You know, historically throughout the Bible and, and in history, there's never an occasion of revival without first an occasion of understanding the shame of sin. The shame of sin. You know, oftentimes we as Christians, we like to turn a blind eye to our own sin, don't we? And you know what sin does to a Christian? It sucks the spiritual life out of us. I think that's why the psalmist in verse 29 says, Remove from me the way of lying. Well, it, it's easy to say, well, you know, this is just a small indulgence, a small thing in my life. But where does he turn to? Quicken me thou, quicken thou me according to thy word. You know, it's a desire for God's word. Not a, not a superficial thing. You know, I talk to you sometime about my wife, how she used to send me those letters and I love to read her love letters. But you know what was even better than her letters? Was her presence. When she'd come and I'd be close enough to feel the touch of her hand, feel the warmth of her affection for me. You know, as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. Do you, as a believer, feel the quickening of the Spirit? the life and vitality that the Spirit gives to a believer? Are you grown so cold and so far away that the best you can do is just know He's there? That the Word of God will change your relationship with God. Put it into your life. Not only that, His prayer there was not just for a, a revival of the Spirit, but look down in verse 28. He said, My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. You know, his prayer for strength or spiritual stability. You know, spiritual stability is to be gained from God's word. Uh, you know, I was, I was thinking about um, a story that I heard one time, a true, true story. This man was uh, uh, an interpreter 
during the Vietnam War for a group of missionaries. You traveled around Vietnam and they ministered to soldiers and to locals. And after the war was, was over, he was captured by the communist Vietnamese and interred in a prison camp. And he talked about his time in that prison camp and how that, uh, his, the persecution that he suffered, the, the commandant of the camp was an ardent communist and a God-hater, and how that daily he, he suffered persecutions and, and psychological torments under this man's authority. And that he said it, it was so bad that he wondered if there even was a God. You know, when he says, my soul melteth, that's what he's talking about. Those things that have strengthened me and have quickened me are becoming unsure unto me, unfamiliar. But you know what the Lord did for this man? He was assigned to clean up the latrine, the place where human waste was. And that wicked commandant was so foul that he had used the Word of God to wipe himself with, to clean himself with. And as that Vietnamese interpreter was cleaning out, you know what he found? He found pages of the Word of God. You know what he said? He said, I hugged him to my breast. He said, it became life to me. It restored stability in my life. Listen, are you at a place in your life where the the cares of this world are, are so overwhelming sometimes? You know, I have a lot of time to think, and I go down the highway, and I do a lot of thinking. And, and when I find myself dwelling upon the things of the surrounding world, you know what I do? I turn my mind back to the things of God and the stability of His Word. This, this is a, a, a passing thing, this earth is, this life we live. But the Word of God is an eternal thing, eternal stability. And finally, in our verse, he says, I have chosen the way of truth. It's a contrast with verse 29, where he says, remove from me the way of lying. He says, remove from me that way of lying. You know, the world has a way of lying to us, doesn't it? We look around, it, it lies about human sexuality. It's lied about the nature of man. It, it, it's lied about uh, financial issues. We, we only have to look back and, and see the ambiguous statements that were made during the COVID crisis to know that the truth is not prevalent necessarily in the world. It's a tendency. They have a tendency to promote these lies. And yet, the psalmist makes a choice. But how is it that he's able to make that choice? Look at the second line of verse 29. The Bible says, And grant me thy law graciously. Graciously. You know that word graciously? It's got the sense of to be taught graciously, to be taught in volume. And it's the idea that if we're to be kept from sin, it's by the grace of God that's exercised in our life through the Word of God. Through the Word of God. It's a spiritual transition that the Word of God as we imbibe it, that it strengthens us, and it gives us a desire for the things of God. You know, I like cheesecake. 
I've told you that before. I like cheesecake. And because of my physical health, if we have any cheesecake, my wife, uh, she'll cut me a sliver you can see through. I mean, it's that, it's that small, you know? <laughs> but you know what that does? It makes me want more. That's what it does. It makes me want more. And you know what the Word of God will do in the life of a Christian? It'll make them want more. And it'll make them to desire not only the Word of God, but the way of God, to follow in the truth of God. Look how this, cha- look how this, this uh, section ends out. He starts off with, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. And he says here, he says um, in verse 31, I've stuck unto thy testimonies. You know what that word stuck means? It means cleave. He says, Now I cleave unto thy testimonies. His prayer for revival, a prayer for understanding, a prayer for strength, a choice to choose truth. And now in verse 32 he says, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. When thou make, make, make me willing, Lord. Make me willing. You know, Brother Lane said uh, something here a while back when he was preaching and he was talking about a desire for the things of God. And you know, I thought, boy, that's a good litmus test. When you wake up, What's the first thing that crosses your mind? I used to pick up the phone and check the temperature. You know, my, my, my thought was on what am I going to wear outside today? How am I going to dress? You know, some of you pick up the phone and you check maybe your Facebook account. But you know, why don't you try making, picking up your Bible and reading the Word of God, the desire of your heart. Make that the desire of your heart today. Amen. Brother Jerry, looking forward to it. Okay, well, first of all, let's start out with prayer requests today. And uh, let's take some prayer requests before we get in the Word. Any prayer requests today? Go ahead. I have a special one, especially for myself. Okay. So, Jared, rather than starting with a radiation, I believe on Tuesday. Okay. Any others this morning? Go ahead. Uh, I had my lymph mapping done on, on my thyroid, and it turned out good that they don't think that any lymph nodes will be involved when I have my thyroid removal. Okay. And um, the doctor determined that that would be March the 12th, and they will remove my whole thyroid because it's just abnormal looking itself. Okay. But just be praying that um, pathology will come back good, and I won't need any chemo or radiation. Okay. Well, that's a praise the Lord and continued prayer. Any others? Go ahead.
Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Brother Rick? Any others this morning? Go ahead. Okay. You said UVA? Any others? How many um, have unspoken? have things on the heart you're praying about. The Lord knows what they are. Ross, would you open us this morning? Amen. Well, the, the story leading up to this is rather interesting, this lesson this morning. Um, over the past month to six weeks, God's been dealing with me about a certain lesson, but he never would give me peace to teach it yet. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to give me, you know, the, the opportunity to teach it. And it was like less than a week later, Brother Lane calls and I said, okay, you know, <laughs> I get it, Lord. <laughs> and, you know, despite that, I know that in my head. I've been studying that, been, teach, been taught that for years, right? Um, that the Lord can work in ways like that. And still, when you see God work in your life like that, why is it still sometimes a surprise to us? It shouldn't be a surprise to me that God can work. It shouldn't be a surprise to me that God leads. But still, even, even now, it's like I've been teaching. I've, I've probably taught the very thing. <laughs> and you still go... Wow, thank you, God, right? Wow, what, a, what an amazing God we serve. And that leads in a little bit to this morning, and actually, I don't want you to turn to the Scripture yet, and there's a reason for that. Um, when, uh, I think one of the most, let's start with, with me, one of the most uncomfortable situations in life, I think. Now, we have a lot of physical things going on in our churches. We have, you know, cancers and sickness, and still we have the COVID situation. There's a lot of physical things that causes physical uncomfort and discomfort in our lives. Um, and again, I, I, I see you, brother, this morning, and I, I've had that happen to me, and a broken nose is really uncomfortable. Um, I'm telling you, it is, it is terrible, um, uncomfortable. And I, all those physical things aside, I would say one of the most uncomfortable situations in my life is not physical. It's internal turmoil in my life and heart. That to me is one of the most uncomfortable things in my life when it happens to me. And for some reason, it is a struggle to get out of it. When you get into that circle of 
of turmoil and grief and strife inside. You can remember the verses. You can try your best to get out of it. But sometimes that turmoil just continues to dwell in your life. And you know what? We serve a God that doesn't want us in that turmoil. We serve a God who wants us to have peace. And that's giving away the the lesson this morning. Um, You know, peace is an interesting word in Scripture. It's found, according to my search, 429 times in Scripture. That's amazing. It's mentioned 429 times. And in conjunction with another word that kind of got me thinking about this is grace and peace is mentioned in every letter in the New Testament except... Hebrew and James, according to my search. The opening of that letter, usually you see it on the verses you read across before you get to the real stuff, right? Anybody else do that like me? You you read across the first two or three uh, verses in that beginning of a chapter of a book to get to the meat. Well, the whole thing is the meat. And we don't need to read across those things. When I look at that word, grace and peace... It got me thinking. We're actually in Sunday school downstairs. We're studying uh, Philippians, and uh, we're in about chapter 3. And, you know, I read those first two verses, and I actually stopped in the lesson and went over some of this this morning, the, um, or uh, back then when I, when I went over it. But grace and peace. You know, um, when, when you look at that word, you know, there are really three ways we can look at that the word peace. Let me set aside grace for just a moment and look at that word peace. And I, there's more ways to do this. This in my head is the ways that I define it. Okay, There is obviously, there is peace with God and that is salvation. Right? That, that is, I have that, I get it once and then that's it. Right? I have it forever. And I wish the peace of God was the same way. <laughs> I really wish it was the same way. It seems to have a little roller coaster in my life. I mean, I'll have that mountaintop and I'm feeling great. And sometimes even in the valleys, I'm feeling great. But then I'll wake up the next day and feel like a truck's done hit me emotionally. I <laughs> have no idea um, why, but you, you wake up some days and you, and you really see that effect. Sometimes... Uh, I think Satan will use the physical things going on in your life to create that mental turmoil. Sometimes it happens that way. And I think for others, it has nothing to do with physical. Sometimes you can just get things going in your mind and you just can't get those things out of your mind. You know, when we look back at that word, uh, I'm sorry, there's a third one. (laughs) Third one, okay, that's really good. There's a third one. also mentioned, I won't cover this a lot this morning, and I think that's peace with others. And I think as a result of the first two, the third should be by default. (laughs) You know, when when I've got peace with God and I've got peace of God, I shouldn't have conflict with others. I'm sorry, but I shouldn't. I mean, that's just, to me, in my mind, there's no excuse for me (laughs) doing that. When I've got the very peace of God on my life, and, the, and, and I've got, he saved me, and I'm going to grumble and gripe about others or about whatever. Um, I, sh- I shouldn't be like that, but hey, <laughs> I say shouldn't um, on purpose, right? Sometimes um, it, it doesn't work that way, but when I go back, let's, let's just reminder again, don't turn here for the sake of time. 
Um, I'm going to read through just a couple of them. Philippians 1-2 says, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 1-7, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.3, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 1.3, grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.2, just in case you think this is just a Paul thing, right? (laughs) Um, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Altogether, the two words are used together in the New Testament 18 times. You see grace and peace. Oftentimes, we think of the grace of God. Oftentimes, we, we, we preach about it, we teach about it. And we think, I think sometimes, this is me, I think sometimes peace just comes after. Peace just comes after. And sometimes I think it's based on, you know, if, if I do right, if I do good, peace will just show up, right? You, just, you, you don't give peace that, that, that initial thought like you do the word grace or the word mercy. Sometimes you take peace and peace and peace. And I believe personally the peace of God and peace with others is one of the most profound ways we can have an effect on a lost and dying world. I think that peace is an influencing. Can people see grace in my life? I can see grace. I can see the grace of God in everything that he's done for me. I can see it. Mercy. I can see the mercy of God on my life. I can see it, but can others see it? Now, you could probably find verses and you could probably prove that. You could maybe, okay? But what can others see about me. They can see my peace. Or they can see my lack thereof. <laughs> and, and so what I think it's actually mentioned, I mean, anything in the Word of God is mentioned for a reason, right? Well, I think it's there for a reason. I think, I, I believe one of the things that Satan uses today and has always used, let's not make changes, nothing's changed, but what Satan will use, I think, to to influence us. He can't control us, but he can influence us by taking away our peace or creating enough turmoil and emotional trouble in your life that you and me are behaving just like a lost and dying world would when we reach issues and we have problems in our life. Do you think if I run around grumbling and griping at work because I've had a bad day that they're going to want anything of what I have? No, they're not. Because I don't let the peace of God shine forth in my life like I should. And that to me is one of the ways that we can reach others. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I still think it's a time to go talk and go tell and hand the tracks, and that's, that's part of it. But the people that see me every day, 
The people that know me, the people that know the things that I'm going through, what do I show them? Do I show them by my physical actions and by my emotional state? Well, I don't want that, right? Or do I show them, they go, what in the world? That person's going through so much and look at the joy, look at the grace, look at the peace in their life. Wow, I want some of that. I think I dampen down that by not allowing my faith. And again, I think sometimes you could take the word faith and peace and kind of use them together. I, I, think, I think it's sometimes a lack of faith in my life. It's just like I told you a moment ago. You know, it's like God can work, and I act surprised that God can work. Really? <laughs> I mean, I've been saved since I was um, four or five years old. I, remember, I don't remember the year, but I do remember I've been saved since I was very young, been in church all of my life. I was one of the kids drugged to church. I told y'all last time, I think I was up here. I was drugged to church. I thank the Lord for a mama that drugged me to church. And I heard all of these things all of my life. And still yet today, being a, a little over 50, <laughs> um, I still have these struggles. What can we do about it to have, let that peace of God reign in our lives? You know what's available to us? Let me jump to the end. Why don't you turn to, to the scripture here? Um, turn to Isaiah chapter 48 for just a moment. I want to show you, before we look at it a little bit, what's available to you and I. Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 18. Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. You know, there is a river of peace, not just a little bit of peace. Not just a little bit of peace available to me. There is a river of peace available to me. And you know what? You ever, you ever been in a river, those of you that fish, you ever, you ever waited while you're fishing and, and you get, you know, maybe a little too deep and that water's going a little too hard and you got to re really resist and you got to kind of spread your feet apart a little bit and you got to kind of hold yourself back like that to keep yourself upright, to keep yourself from just going right on down with the water. And I've been successful and unsuccessful in those situations, right? Um, but you know what? I'm afraid in my life sometimes... I am resisting the peace of God the same way that I'm standing in that river just trying to hold myself still. I'm afraid sometimes I let the things of this world, the things that I am going through in my life, I let those drown me and I'm sitting there against the peace of God holding myself going, I no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm forcibly resisting, Right? What can I do to stop resisting and just let that peace of God flow? And I would love to tell you it's easy. <laughs> I would love to tell you I've been successful at it all my life or even recently. But I'm telling you, it's a daily, daily struggle. It's a daily struggle. And I think, first of all, we have to be aware of it in our life. Um, you know... One thing, and again, we'll get into this a little bit later. One thing I've noticed about me is, you know, 
I don't dress like this during the week. I've recently, I've, you know, I, I was actually in um, the management, manufacturing management, where you were supposed to wear business casual, they called it, right? You, you wear khakis and a nice shirt. And um, over the years, I've continued to do that. I've, at my first job, it was really weird if you didn't wear a tie in manufacturing, um, you know, if, if you were in any kind of management role. And when I look at that, um, and I've seen people today, um, you know, it's jeans and a T-shirt, and, you know, <laughs> and all that. And it, it does kind of bother me, you know what I mean? But I don't normally dress like this. I don't get up and, and do things the rest of the week like I do on Sundays. We put on our best. We put on our best face. We put on our best face in spite of what we're going through. And we, 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 we don't, I think, sometimes be real to ourselves. How did most of us learn how to pray? Let's start there for just a moment. How did most of us learn how to pray? If you were a young person in church, pray publicly. I'm sorry, publicly. Most of us heard somebody else praying, and we copy what they say. And, and now, guys, you're going to second-guess yourself every time after you hear what I'm going to say here. And who at home uses the King James words in your prayers? I think you know exactly what I mean. Why do we do that when we talk to God? I don't talk like that at home. I don't talk like that at home. Yes, it's in the Bible because they talk like that. <laughs> right? I don't use the word thou six days a week. <laughs> right? I don't use the word thou six days a week. Why do I use that in my prayers? Because I heard somebody else say it, use it, and then I repeat it. I think we learn a lot of times by observation. And what I see, though, in my life is sometimes I don't tell God how I'm truly feeling. Anybody else do that? Anybody else afraid to tell God how you're truly feeling? You tell him, in some cases, what you think he wants to hear you pray. And when I look in Scripture, I don't see that example. I see David, and we'll go to some examples, where David just pours out his heart, pours out his heart to God and says, Why in the world are you far from me? Now, was God far away from David? No. But David prayed it. Why did he pray it? Because he felt it inside and he got honest and open with God. He just told God what was going on. Now, God already knew it. <laughs> but he just got honest and open with God. First of all, as we go through this, you know, I think sometimes it helps. I know, not sometimes. Always it will help us. To be honest. First of all, with what? With who? Ourself. Be honest with yourself. I hit, and again, I've, I've used this example up here, so I'm not going to go into it, but I hit a spot at work about three years ago, four years ago. I was a mess. I sat up in the chair all night not being able to sleep because I was just an anxious mess. I went to the doctor, got some anxiety medication, and tried to get a handle on this thing, and God finally got me through it. But there were days when I was just sitting in the chair up, and Joanna would come down, and I'm just sitting in the blue rocking chair. <laughs> up all night, want to be sleeping all day. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that, but that's the way it works sometimes when your mind is racing, 
when your mind is going. And when I look at those kind of situations in my life, what is happening? What is happening in my life? First of all, I want to go back through a couple things and then we're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to this. Go, if you would, to Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. I don't want to skip something. There's something I skipped and I don't want to skip it, so I'm going to hit rewind for a minute. We're going to go back just a moment. Romans 5, 1. Therefore... Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me be sure I say one thing first. If you're not saved, if you don't have peace with God, you cannot have the peace of God. You you can't. It's not possible. You have to have peace with God first. I don't care if you've went to church all of your life. I don't care who you are. you got to settle that first. Now, don't, don't sit here and think that if, if, you're, if I'm going through turmoil, I must not have peace with God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it has to be first. There's always a level. There's always an order, right? Got to be first is peace with God. Make sure you can go back in your life to a certain moment, to a certain time, and remember that you got saved and you are born again and you are a believer. Because there might be a reason you're searching. There might be a reason you're searching. And that reason could, not, could maybe not be what you think it is. <laughs> you might need to get saved. So let's, I don't want to skip that, right? That's Because you could search your whole life. And if you don't find that first, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it, the peace of God. Unless you have the peace with God. Then that second type of peace, the one I'm really focused on today. Um, Turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. And let the peace of God, what? Rule. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. When we look at that word peace, we think of it in reverse. We think if I do, I get. That's, we're trained on that from the time we were kids. If you be good, you get a treat, right? We, we actually train our children that way. It's probably not the best way we could do it, right? <laughs> To show God's unmerited favor, you know, I've done it. I mean, (laughs) you can ask Kristen and Kaylee, I'm sure I did the same thing, right? But when this verse says, let the peace of God rule, that reverses and says the peace of God should influence everything else. Not everything and situationally is going to influence my peace. The peace of God will not come from turmoil. It, it's not reversed. It's not where all, every, all the stars are going to align and I'm going to finally have peace. The peace of God needs to rule in our lives and that will affect our interactions outward after that. It's actually reverse of the way we usually think about it. Or maybe not you, the way I think about it. 
We've got to let that peace of God reign in our lives. We've got to, we've got to have the kind of faith that says, God, I know you are going, we are going through some situations right now. And you know what? It is in your hands. And you know what? When you have doubts, and you will, if, if, if you're human, I'm sorry, you will have doubts, then you just need to hang on to that peace. Hang on to that peace. Hang on to God. Tell Him what you're thinking. One of the biggest things I've seen in my life, you know one of the biggest differences I've seen in my life in prayer? Praying verbally out loud. I used to always, up until a very few little bit ago, a couple years ago, I prayed silently, even at home. I prayed silently. There is something very different about hearing yourself pray. And if you've not done that, find that closet. To me, that's why, you know, we need to have a closet because, you know, um, I've heard lots of stories over the years where somebody heard somebody else pray, but I need to try to be private about it. I need to try, you know, if, if Joanna's in the kitchen, she don't need to me hear me screaming out in prayer in the middle of the living room, right? <laughs> I guess that's okay too. But we need to find that private place, and we, you need to hear yourself pray. Is that how you talk to yourself? Talk to God. And, and I, I'm going to take it out and say stop praying and start talking. And, and I want to be careful how I say that. I think you understand what I mean by that. Get real with God. You're not, and again, sorry for the for ushers and, and people that take offering. You're not sitting up here talking to all the people in the audience. You're talking to the God of this universe who has a river of peace ready to hand you ready to let it rule in your life. And just talk to him. Just talk to him. Tell him, I don't get it. You ever told God you don't understand, you don't get it? Why in the world would this happen? Is that wrong to talk to God and tell him how you feel? No, it's not wrong. God will give you peace. You look through all of these examples of David, and I think David is one of the best examples of this. And when you talk about David's heart being a heart after God, I think one of the primary things is David got honest with God. And he, he just got honest. He would be blunt about how he was feeling and just say, you know, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand. And tell you what, let's turn there because I'm, I'm running... Uh, short on time, so let's turn there. Let's go to Psalm 22 for just a moment. Psalm 22 for just a moment. And I'm going to try to close on this, um, this topic. Psalm 22 and verse 2. I'm just, I just picked two verses. First of all, I just picked two verses out of this psalm. You need to read this whole thing. You need to read this whole psalm. This is David's heart getting poured out to God. Okay, so just you need to read this. But I, I just picked two verses. Psalm 22, verse 2. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and... Am not silent. So in, in daytime and dark, he's crying out to God. And he is telling God that he's not hearing him. Is that a true statement? Did God hear him? Yes, he heard him. We know God hears. So why? 
David's getting honest. David's telling God how he feels. He is just getting honest with God. And in, in every case, and I should have did, I should have wrote it down. In every case, if you look in the rest of that psalm, you will see that peace start to bubble up as he's talking to God. And he'll give God the praise and the thanks and the glory. And you'll see him get honest with God. And then you'll see God reach down and lift him up from where he is. And that only happens when David gets honest. And then after all of this stuff, you will see a verse in there that seems random and out of place. Look for them. It's in there. I should have wrote one down. But in this very psalm, it's, it's a couple in there. And, and where you see David is just getting honest and getting honest and getting honest. And then, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. And you'll see God reach down in that terrible time. And you'll see God reach down and lift David up. Example, psalm after psalm after psalm. If you're not reading psalms every day and you're going through trials, I encourage you heavily do that. Because there, to me, that book is one of the best books when you're in struggles. For, for me, I can speak for me. One of the best books is when I just read about David going, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. My enemies are, are conquering me. Everything's happening. In verse 14, look down in verse 14. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. Now, <laughs> that is a pretty strong statement. He is done. He can't handle it. And then what do you see later in verses? God will just lift him right back up out of that trouble, out of that turmoil, out of, that out of that struggle, out of those trials, when he just gets honest with God. God has that river of peace. Now, does that river of peace mean there's no trouble in your life? No. But that peace of God needs to rule in my life, and it will affect the decisions that I make. Because I'm telling you, if you don't have the peace of God on your life and you're going through trials and struggles and you start to make big decisions in your life, you can make some wrong decisions in a hurry. <laughs> because I'm telling you, when I'm hurting and when I'm struggling, I will make decisions that I never thought I would. I never thought I would. But if I make sure I let the peace of God rule in my heart and I let God just take care of it, and I tell God how, you know, tell God what you truly feel and let God work it out in your heart. And, and look at Scripture. Search Scripture about the topics you're looking for. It will help you. And then I want to close with, with, with this. You know, I think those turmoils in your life, what is happening when you have a problem in your life and you're circling it around in your head? And again, some of you might think this is funny, but you're talking to yourself is what you're doing. And I'm telling you, you won't have the answer. But yet, we'll keep on talking to ourselves and let our minds get built up and built up and built up and built up. Stop talking to yourself and tell God about it. Because God will lift you up out of that problem. I, I can't lift myself out of it. I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> I've proven over 50 years I can't do it. I might think of myself as a big, tough man, but I'm nothing. 
And I've learned that over the years. I can't do anything apart from God. But if I empty me, be honest with God, stop talking to myself, and start talking to God, He can lift me up and will lift you up. Let's close with a word of prayer. Lord Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the peace. I thank you for the peace of God. I pray that you would let it rule and reign in my life. And Lord Father, make the decisions and the things that go on in my life, make make those happen as a result of the peace that I have inside of me. Lord Father, help me to, to, Lord Father, grab onto that peace. 429 times you tell us, peace, peace, peace. And yet I struggle, I struggle against it sometimes. Lord Father, I pray that you would help us. All of us are going through struggles and trials in our life. I pray that you would help us to look to your word and look to prayer to help us through these situations. I thank you and I praise you for this day. Open our hearts and minds to what you would have for us in the service to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.